Welcome to this episode of the Outfront Podcast with host Vince Noble, the podcast that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. For sponsorship and advertisement opportunities, please contact info at nobleresolutions.com. And now, your host, Vince Noble. I want to acknowledge each and every one of you who is stepping into your authentic power today. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Outfront Podcast, a show that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. I am your host, Vance Noble. I am so excited today. We have with us the amazing, the one and only, Hollywood talk show host and confidant to some of Hollywood's most famous stars, Miss Davy Davenport. I am so excited. We have with us an amazing person who adds tremendous value to so many people around her. And so we are truly fortunate today to finally be spending some time together with her. We will perhaps be discussing some things that many of you don't know. Yes, although many may know her as this West Hollywood iconic realtor owner, philanthropist, and so much more, but she's also an amazing woman of courage and resilience. We'll be talking about a great deal of how to make the mental shift from surviving to thriving. You know, there's a huge difference. How she made millions in the real estate industry, learning to properly pivot in a COVID environment, and yes, even her red carpet events, and so much more. Yes, we have a lot to unpack in this episode, so let's go. Today we have with us Miss Davy Davenport, philanthropist, motivational speaker, real estate business owner, success coach, radio and television executive producer, and confidant of some of Hollywood's most well-known stars. Yes, she's all over it. Davy, welcome to the show today. Hey Vince, oh my God, thank you. I love the introduction. I mean, and I love the music for the show. I was actually <laughs> bobbing my head back and forth. I was like, oh, my yes. God, this is so much fun. This is awesome. You know, I'm super excited to be on the show today. I'm a Chicago girl, you know. So people always say, well, you know, you've been out in L.A. so long. And I was like, I'm going to always be a Chicago girl. Don't even, don't even get it twisted. I'm going to always be That's a right. Chicago girl and, and always do that. I actually go back and forth. I, I pride myself on. Uh, right now, I'm living a, a full, a bicoastal life. So I'm going back between California and, and Illinois, you know, Chicago predominantly, but going back and forth for real estate business. So it's super mm-hmm. exciting. And just, um, I have family and friends there and still things that I do. We've got a television show, Real Talk, Real Women Live, and a lot of the hosts are based out of the city. So we're super excited about that. So some of it's being shot there. We are going to be, because of COVID, we haven't been able to do as much shooting and filming out in um, Los Angeles as far as everybody commuting. But I'm just you know excited about everything. I'm a realtor. I've been in the industry a long time. I, I, a lot of what I've been doing right now, Vince, with the, with the COVID is really reaching back because of my spirituality, because I love God. You know, friends tease me and say, she doesn't love God. She's in love with God. And that's my personal relationship. And it's like a lot of what I'm doing right now is reaching back and, and helping as much as I can, you know, while accepting help from others as well. I mean, even things like being on the show right now, talking to you when we interact, you know, looking at yes. one of my friends took some pictures of the sky last night and it changed my life, I believe, because I realized, okay, I need to look up more. I need to look up more. Those are things that I really mm. do. So you can have all the success in the world, but when you hit something like a pandemic, because I've seen hills and valley in it. I mean, I, we'll talk about it in a bit, but I mean, I've down, been down to, you know, taking $10 and spreading it before in life and, you know, needing to, because I had to pay my bills and to, 
So, but what I know is when I, she sent me those pictures and I said, I need to look up more, you know, I'm so busy. Sometimes you get so busy and, you know, even if you're having fun, you know, but you need right. to look up and say, okay, take a look at what God did. You know, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. So I'm super excited about being on the show today. I'm ready to crack, crack this egg open. <laughs> Again, Debbie, I am so excited to have uh, one of my most favorite people in the entire world on the show. And that's from the bottom of my heart. I mean, I, I truly do mean the same that. way. Thank you. Yeah. So, Davy, it seems that now a few months into this crisis, we are experiencing um, a, a massive global shift, if you will. You know, the pandemic and the chaos of those early days have somewhat settled. And we're all still trying to uh, get acclimated, if you will, to a new normal. Davy, I have to ask. How are you doing in, in this pandemic? I mean, you know, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, as well as financially, um, from a business perspective, how are you sustaining? You know, it's actually a mouthful because, you know, there's what I learned to do. And, and people always say, like, I'm the queen of reinventing myself. And it's not even reinventing. It's just that it's me opening the egg or opening the book of all the different facets of Dobby, you know, and that's through God. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But for me with the pandemic is um, I, maybe I should say, go ahead and say it. It's forced me to do, to go ahead and just for me. And I know everybody's handling it differently. I've got friends that are going through depression right now. I have friends that are, I know people's children that have been suicidal right now. Mm-hmm. People that love the Lord, too, not just people that don't know, that just are really caught up. You know, the enemy looks for that moment to come inside. So for me, I've decided that what I have to do so that this thing doesn't get so overwhelming is I have to go into let me create some of those things that Dobby's been wanting to do that she's been putting on the back burner, uh, let's call it procrastinating on some of the things that, you know, whether it's writing that book or putting together that master training program that I want to do to help people just to finding themselves, you know, waking up that individual, you know, I have a piece that, that will change the world as far as um, how we look at a situation like this, you know, and it's a pandemic. It's something that has happened before and it will happen again. And we have to get out and vote. So it's things like this are handled differently. Um, because it's going to happen again. We're going to have a pandemic again. It's just the handling of something like this. But what it's done for me is and how I'm dealing with it. I'm learning how to scale back on certain things. You know, when I, in the very beginning, I just lost my grandmother, actually, March the 12th. We went on lockdown March the 19th. And at that point, you know, I had already been, you know, caring for her for a period of time. And I, so now we go on a lockdown. So it, for the very, in the very beginning, it, it felt the isolation was very real. And it was very real. And I thought, what would, what would my ancestors do? What would, how would God want me to handle this? I'm, I'm feeling, and then we tap into my spirituality. You know, my faith in God says, Dobby, take, I, I need you to take what this is. And I need you to come out with what this was meant to be for you. Because everybody has their own story. So it's like, what is this pandemic supposed to mean to you? spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and, and financially. What is this supposed to mean to you? What is the growth? I mean, I am, I always say, I mean, I, I think I'm grown, but I'm growing up again. I'm growing up mm-hmm. on a different level right now. My priorities are changing, you know, and things are different. Even my eating habits, things are changing and, and financially, and we'll talk about it in a bit, but I'm cutting back. I'm scaling back on some things. And not only that, if I'm spending I'm making sure that I'm spending on something that is going to potentially, even if it's, you know, happiness always that, you know, you take yourself out, you do this for your children, your family, your loved ones and all that, but also making sure that if it's something that I'm going to do to make sure it really does yield that excitement that I thought that it would, or, you know, or making sure that I'm doing something that's going to make someone else feel good, or that is going to be an investment that's going to make money for me. Let's keep it real. People have to stop being afraid to talk about they want their money to make money. We have to, you know, look at that differently. So to sum it up for me with all of that, I'm saying let's dive into ourselves. I'm diving into myself and saying, pulling out everything I can to figure out. So when this, during this pandemic, I'm doing things to create myself. I still have those days that are, that get me, but then I get myself back up and get, oh, I call somebody like yourself and say, this is what's on my plate right now. Vince, what do I do with this? And then you talk me through it. 
So, mm-hmm. Davy, what would you say has been kind of your secret sauce, if you will? Share with us, you know, some actionable steps during these, you know, unprecedented times in terms of how you will or we need to continue to adjust, um, adapt and, and lead ourselves first and foremost, as well as our families through these difficult transitional that. I times. That because there, there's always a, um, a blueprint to things that we need to do. There's always making that actually those goals. I, I still do vision boards at the end of the year. I think this is a great time. And I, what I've done, this is a great time to do a vision board. And I've started to create, it's a little bit larger than a board right now because actually a wall that I'm working on. But, you know, I'm actually, people are <clears throat> not needing to have the routine that a lot of times that they normally had. Their schedules are different. A lot of people that I've been coaching and mentoring and I've got 60 people that I'm actively working with now. And so a lot of people say, you know, because my schedule is off, I, you know, well, well, first of all, getting that routine in your life, and this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. Everything when you ask me, what am I doing? This is what I'm doing. So, and, I'm, and I'm also encouraging the people that I'm working with because I believe in what I'm doing. And this is what leaders do. Continue mm-hmm. to create an environment that's conducive and beneficial for you to grow. Because right. an, an organization says, we're on lockdown, we're on this, we're on that. That doesn't mean your mind is on lockdown. That doesn't mean your brain is on lockdown. That means that your creativity, that means that you read those books that you ordered on Amazon that you never read because you ordered it because your friend had it and you thought it'd be cute to get it. That means that this changing of the diet, you've always wanted to do something different. You said you wanted to try being a vegan. You wanted to try being a vegetarian. You wanted to get that 30 minutes of workout in every day. These are the time we have that time. Now that's what I'm doing with myself. I purchased the bike. I'm actually riding it. I, I wanted to cut back and eat differently. I've always eaten pretty healthy, not always, but in my adult life, I'm over 40. I started eating pretty good. And it's like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like, but now, but let's take it to the next level, Dobby. Now the next level is okay. Pretty good versus am I watching what's going in my temple, which is what I'm doing now. That's right, Davy. You know, one of the things I've been saying is that I still believe that 2020 is still the year that many people will begin uh, to manifest some things that they thought had died in them a long time ago and was no longer possible to live. Yeah, you know, like the book proposal is coming back to life. The business plan, the degree completion plan is all coming back to life. So I believe, you know, 2020 is still very much the year for many. Exactly. I mean, I believe I can fly. Think about that. Yes. You know, you've had your experience that is experiences that have been very vast and you've been in situations, I'm sure, that you didn't know what the next moment was really going to be. And so that's what a, that's the mindset we all have to be in right now. That's why that's I right. love, you know, your book and what you're doing with that. We have to be in that mindset right now. And what I'm doing for myself is I'm making sure that I'm in that. I told my son the same thing. I said, sweetheart, this is when you know, for the lack of a better word, you're, you, you have to incorporate a combat mode into this for yourself. Mm. You know, you, uh. absolutely. That's a, that's my, my exact, you have to incorporate a combat mode into your life. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, it's fight or flight. You make it happen. And, and then you have to take that other end of it and incorporate with the combat, which is what I'm doing is incorporating. Okay. With that, where it's that, like you said, that business plan, that, that everything in place while you're making sure there's, there's no, there's no, there's no chance, right? Or not, not chance. There's no, um, a room, there's no room for error in certain areas of your life right now. There's no room. There's no, just like going into a packed environment where, you know, people are there and nobody has on a mask. There's 100 people. There's no room for error like that because that could take your life. So the same thing while you're at home with extra time for ourselves, which is what I'm doing at least, I'm actually working on my business. I'm working on my mm-hmm. growth. I want to come out of this a multimillionaire. I want to build my business. Right. I've been a millionaire. I want to be multi and I want to be able to go out and, and, and do things for others, but I don't want to come I, I, and then go into a billionaire. I mean, I've seen millions. I want to see what billionaires mm-hmm. like. That's right. You know, Davy, I would say, you know, to that combat mode, you know, as you mentioned, you know, as humans, you know, we are often inclined to feel threatened and, and become combative by nature when we are surrounded by, 
you know, uncertainty and have no way of predicting what lies on the other side or what lurks around the corner. But in order to be present and effective in the right now, you need to master your mindset. You know, and I believe you have to really take control of your thoughts. And so when I find um, in my own personal and professional life is when I get stuck in an alert, threatened mindset is when I perceive a threat, both real or perceived. And when I focus solely on the threat itself, there's no way for me or my brain to kind of see the opportunity that can arise. What would you speak to that? You know, it is very, oh, I love what you said. It is very important that we are conscious of what we're infusing into our brains. Right, we right. Have, when we speak of mindset, my, when my mother did marry, when I was a teenager, she remarried, she's married to my dad. My, my stepfather was had been in the war. He and his identical twin, they were traumatized. Literally, we were in that, that use of combat mode. He would literally say that because he, ha- he had so many things that had gone on in his life that were tragic from being there that that was an action almost. And, a, and then my mother triggered and said, it's a mindset. When you say combat mode, that's a mindset. Like I am literally making sure that nothing is going in my head. People, places, and things that are toxic. You know, we have to be careful. You know, another thing that I'm making sure that I do right now, Vince, mm-hmm. I'm making sure that I say positive things to myself. Right. You know, we may not even, you know, you, you, oh, Dobby, you're doing really great, but I'm, you know, it's okay to be hard on yourself and be, um, that you want the best, but you also have to honor and, and encourage yourself and, and watch how you handle yourself and say positive things. When you talk about mindset, you have to encourage yourself. You know what? This also with this, this time to ourselves, this is time we do a lot of self-motivation and then we Mm -hmm. also can take this time to motivate the people that are closest to us. People have young children right now. This is another thing that for me that I've so I said, I have a 23-year-old son that has not been through what I've been through in my life. So one of the things that I decided with this pandemic is to make sure that I wrap my arms around my child and make sure that he knows what he needs to do for himself as well as a grown man to make mm-hmm. sure he's handling it and he's encouraged and he's making sure he has a business plan. People are talking about this extra time that they have to spend with their loved ones, the husbands, wives, the the this is the time we embrace the people in our lives. That's something else right. I'm doing, Vince. I'm embracing, you know, when mm. you say, what does, what does that statement mean to me? That means to me that I am going to make sure to the best of my ability with God running the show as always, that I am mm-hmm. very conscious of what I am doing because it only takes a millisecond for the enemy to creep in and tell you that you're less than. That's right. It only takes a millisecond. He will creep in and try to, that minute that anything happens, it'll be something that's not even really traumatic, but he'll creep mm-hmm. in and make you feel. And that's when you have to have that ammunition. That's when you kick in with that combat mode and you say, you know what? No, no, no. Because guess what I know? I serve a higher God. I know that my, I know that my family and I are close. I know that I'm doing the best that I can in this. I feel really good about right. it. And Hollywood, Absolutely. you know, it, it, being out and traveling back and forth and seeing a diverse group of people on a regular basis, it's like everybody's looking for the same thing right now. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. is looking for the same thing right now. People are looking for something positive to embrace in their life because they're being forged with so much negativity every day. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you know, you need to train your mind to reframe, if you will, you know, the threats that you experience as possibilities and, and use your current circumstances as a chance to thrive and still grow. Would you agree? Absolutely. 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 That is right on the, you have to, this is the time that you take everything you have inside of you. Mm. Everything. Mm. This is, this is when winners are truly made. 
That's right. This is the time frame. And a lot of people will not make it through this. Even if they are alive, they'll be walking around empty. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, Davy, getting back a little bit. So, you know, you haven't always been this West Hollywood, you know, icon, you know, raised by your your grandmother and your mother for the most part. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what your early childhood was like and, and more importantly, you know, what your early influences was like growing up. You know, my grandmother and my mother just, you know, both of them are in heaven right now. I took care of both of them until their last breath. My mother for a few years where we were fighting for her life. And then my grandmother transitioned peacefully in our home um, from just being 103 years old. God called her home. You know, those were my, those were my two superheroes. Those were the people, the reason why I can sit and talk to you now about not being afraid of a situation that has a level of uncertainty that we have with the pandemic and then all this racial disparity and everything that's going on uh, is because of that, that hammer that they placed in my heart, that, that no matter what we get up, we keep it moving. We drive forward. I was raised on the South side of Chicago, you know, inner city, you know, but when I was mm -hmm. a kid, we could walk to school on our own. You know, we had our backpack, our friends met us at the front door. We all walked to school together you know, we weren't concerned about the things that the young people's parents are concerned about right now that were childhood ages, or even the things that my son couldn't even do the same thing that I was doing when I was a kid coming up. So just a middle class family that was all about loving one another. My grandmother was a master seamstress as long as far as for people that are, you know, for our family, her, her profession was she was an educator. She was a a pianist, a concert pianist, played in orchestra hall. My grandfather was one of the first African-American to play, well, first black men, I should say, to play in um, orchestra hall here. They traveled the world in a quartet, interacted with Miles Davis, did some coaching, mentoring. Just a great family. My mother, one of the first executives with United States Steel. Just first, I'm not first executive, excuse me. The first female and black executive for the Chicago mm. Division for United mm -hmm. States Steel. So just um, live the life of you can do it. You know, you can make it happen. There's been times that, you know, when my mom was raising me as a single mother throughout my life, and it was my grandmother that, you know, I thought we, I remember I thought we were wealthy, Vince, to be honest with you, just because I was so filled with love. I had yeah. no idea. And I, my mother bought me a brand new bike and I gave it to a neighbor and when she asked me where my bike was, I said, well, I gave it to so-and-so. And she said, what do you mean? I go, I gave it to so-and-so. She said, if you don't go get that dog on bike, do you know I worked some overtime, I worked some overtime to get that thing? I was like, oh, my God. And I, I, did, I thought she needed a bike. She didn't have one. We could have because I was surrounded by that level of love. And, you know, it, it, it really was a lot of my influences as far as outside of my external influences were some of the educators that I still, you know, communicate with uh, their children or things that people that really impacted my life. And, but I would honestly say my mother and my grandmother were my, I mean, this is, it's my soul superheroes, like just mm -hmm. superhero. A lot of other people that came in and did, you know, even other, you know, parental, my father and I are close now, you know, I love my father dearly. Now we, you know, he's a, a recovering alcoholic for 31 years now, I believe, doing amazing, hasn't picked up a drink or anything since for 31 years. And we have a building, growing, amazing relationship right now. And he and my mother were still close until she took her last breath. They were friends. So, you know, it. I will tell you that I can say to anyone that's listening right now, or if they have a loved one that's out there, number one, realizing that a lot of people are dealing with addiction and because of the pandemic. There's a lot of things that are manifesting in people's lives again, you know, people or, or for the first time, there's a lot of abuse. So we have to watch out for the signs with people. And then, you know what, turn inside and love one another. You know, nobody's perfect with anything. And you show me a perfect person. I want to, I want to write a book about them. You know, it's no such thing about as that. So, you know, I learned that, you know, my mother was 19 when she gave birth to me also. So, you know, we grew up together in a lot of areas and, 
for me personally, it was um, an, a great experience and it was a heck of a ride. You know, I got a chance to really see, I had someone that said, you know what, hey, if you want to try it, let's go for it. I believe in it. If you, I'm 22 years old, I want to open up my first hair salon. My mother didn't blink an eye about it. You know, you mm-hmm. mean, yeah, didn't, didn't blink an eye about it. You figure she's only 19 years older than me. She's like, let's go. Like, let's do it. Whatever you want to do, I'm excited. You know, mm-hmm. so that's my true story. And just inner city, you know, middle-class family that um, loved and cared about one another. We didn't have a lot of tragic stories in the family. We, we had a, a family that was um, striving to be the best that, you know, didn't have a whole lot, but we had enough for everybody to, right? and then an educated family. Also, my grandmother was the first of uh, the, the entire link of the family going to college. She was our first graduate and then everyone followed after that. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's wonderful. Hey, so let's shift a bit and uh, talk about the man, you know, <laughs> your son, Miles. You know, Miles is no doubt um, becoming this emerging figure in the music industry as a rap artist. And, and, and what was your advice to him, given, you know, the current climate uh, of the rap and hip hop culture today? <laughs> you know, Miles is also a violinist, 23 years old, is also a violinist. My grandmother encouraged him to because my grandfather is a violinist. My uncle was a violinist who just passed recently, traveled the world with it. You know, fortunately, Miles, yes, is in the rap and hip hop culture. If you notice of any of his music, you've never heard any profanity. It's not something that mm-hmm. we, we're not shoot him up, bang, bang. We're not the girls a B or an H or any of that stuff. There's none. You've never, he doesn't, because that's an agreement that, and that's not his that's not his energy. Not even about what, mm-hmm. what mom says. That's not his energy. But what I've always encouraged my son to be is a businessman, a businessman as a whole. Like, yes, your music is something that you enjoy doing. Like I enjoy radio and television. However, it's a business also. And so although I would do it and I do do it for no money whenever needed, um, but I've done it so many times and I would continue to do it without any even thought of a monetary. So I always say, A, make sure you're doing something that you love, son, which he loves the music industry, but also that, that you continue. He's a real estate investor. You know, we just were making, wow. yeah, you know, we just made an investment together in Las Vegas, something that he's mm-hmm. going to be utilizing. So it's like he's also has that mindset, you know, that my whole thought process and my whole thing that I've always you know, he told me at 12 years old, I started showing him properties for him to buy for himself. You know, it's like, that's always been, and I, and it, he teases me. He said, I, he, th- he thinks that I wanted him to move out at that point. I was like, no, it's not it. Son. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, I just wanted you. I was in the industry. So I thought that it was mandatory that he knew what was going to be available to him at a young age. Right. Yeah. Right. So Davi, you know, you kind of enter into, you know, this space of business ownership, you know, at a very early age yourself. Um, you know, what were your, you know, were your ambitions always set on owning your own business or what were the conditions that sort of led you down, you know, that entrepreneurship path, um, very early in your life? My mother was a business owner. My mother owned cleaners throughout my life. She owned a nightclub on 90th and Ashland, 91st and Ashland called the Showboat Lounge. It was a lounge type environment, but it was a really beautiful, tons of great food and thousands on top of thousands of people of, you know, I just, I threw out my, you know, the years that we owned it, it was just something that I saw. And then she started investing. My great grandmother was an, a real estate investor at a time of, you know, she's just two generations off of slavery and she invested in some properties in Hyde Park in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's all I knew. And then Honestly, I became a hair designer. My mom said, if you want to become a hair designer and you want to open up your salon, you do all that, you need to go to at least go to two years of college and get an associate degree for business so that you know what you're doing, you know, and that way it's not just all falling on me because she hadn't retired yet. She retired in her forties. And she said that I want to, I said, okay, great. I'll do it. I did that. We opened the salon. I only knew I've only known for my, even although my mother worked for a corporation for many years, the only thing my mother ever sold me was you need to be a business owner. That's all my mother, that's my, and, and to this day, and from since 22 years old, that's what I've been doing. Mm. And I'm in my fifties. I don't, that's all that I, you know, I will do whatever it takes for my family to be okay. I'd flip a burger if I had to, if that was what it got, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it, it's okay. I have no, I mean, it's okay with me. I did some, I did some freelance makeup work back in 2014 when we came out 
and and for the first time in years when I moved back out here and and it's it was okay with me. I did some freelance for Bobby Brown Cosmetics and Mac Cosmetics, and I was okay with that because I'll do whatever I have to do for my family to be okay. Um, but I'm an entrepreneur. It just is what it right. is. Yeah. So, Davi, you know, you know, we are all in this new virtual environment, if you will. You know, like it or not, you know, there are new rules and, and restrictions and a, and a completely new business world for many. You know, we've been in many ways kind of overloaded on, you know, a tremendous amount of virtual time, you know, with our friends, business partners and clients these past months, you you know, you name it. How are you leveraging this virtual space in your business and and what's your thoughts to the future uses and, and platforms? I mean, to be honest with you, you and I are on a virtual platform right now that you, right. that you, might, right. that you might not even have thought about if it hadn't been for the pandemic. I started a, a, a very hot television show. Again, I think I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned it in this particular episode, but with Real Talk, Real Women Live, I launched a show inside of it. We just did 10 weeks and we're going to be off hiatus in another two weeks. So it's, I, for me, I see that for, I feel that it, it actually leveled the playing field for everyone. I think that you can do mm-hmm. anything you want to right now. All those dreams and opportunities that you wanted, I think that you can do it right now with this pandemic leveraging. I'm able to coach. I'm able to coach people through Zoom webinar, mm-hmm. Collect, mm-hmm. Coll- safely collect their money so they're comfortable and so am I coach them in a way that I would not have been able to do had every visit been physical. There's mm-hmm. no way that now they can catch If they need twice a day to see me and they need to chime in because they're in a transaction and they don't need to know what to do. All they have to do is go ahead and handle the business that you handle, schedule that time on my book. We're on there at three 30. I'm chiming in, showing them what to write in the contract so they can get it done. I'm making it happen. I'm making it happen. I'm making it happen. I'm making it happen. They don't have to worry about being new anymore because there's, there's a new sheriff in town called Zoom. <laughs> right, right, that's right. I love it. I'm excited. I'm, no matter what happens with the pandemic, I will always include this entire virtual world in my life. I'm loving it. And my business is virtual, right? For anybody that's mm-hmm. out there right now that wants to become a realtor, EXP Realty, it's a, we're, the, we're the first and largest virtual business. I have an office in Beverly Hills because two of my business and partners and I decided to do something together, the Borg Brothers. But um, yeah, we're, you don't, you vir- virtual's everything right now. You don't even need an office to do business. You can do a billion dollar business outside of your car if you need to. That's right. So Debbie, you know, what are some of the biggest mistakes, you know, or misconceptions you see, you know, a great deal of people making entering into the real estate industry? Thinking that, you know, it's a job when it's not, you know, people come in addressing it like it's a job, like they work for the, the for someone else, you know, I wanted to backtrack. I almost started here. Wanted to backtrack that, you know, by me having that entrepreneurial mindset at all times, I don't look for, you know, like sometimes realtors will come in, brilliant people, amazing people will come in because I've been an educator for CA realty training for many years. And they'll come into my class and they will, they'll, they'll say, well, how do I get my leads? You know, where do I, who, who gives, who gives me leads is the main question. The really wonderful people looking fabulous. And I'll say, well, you know, you do, you know, you're going to tap into your current sphere of influence. And then you're going to also create new spheres of influence. People ask me, how do I farm? Some people farm geographically. They'll say, I only do Beverly Hills. I only do Santa Monica. I only do Hyde Park. I only do South Loop or Gold Coast. For me, I farm people. I found, I farm demographically. So I'm dealing with it. I'm taking you wherever you need to go because I'm dealing with who the care, the personnel, like I do a lot of things with teachers. I do a lot. I'm huge in the educational environment. I do a lot of things with the, with the medical, the nurses love me. A lot of the doctors do a lot of the music industry, a lot of the television industry, the, the celebs love me because I'm, they know that I know how to interact with them and not talk about their business at all. You know, it's all that goes on so that it's, you know, for anyone that's just getting in the business, just know that, you can make a heck of a lot of money as long as you're willing to go ahead and roll your sleeves up for yourself. You're building a business. This is a business. I'll walk you down that road. If anybody's interested in jumping in or they need some coaching, don't hesitate to reach out. You get my information at the end of the show. Yeah, absolutely. So, Davi, you know, a huge part, you know, about this show 
is about positive winning mindsets, about, you know, being resilient, about, you know, demonstrating, you know, that mental toughness and learning to, you know, sort of face adversities all while, you know, continue to lead, live and win. And so I believe, you know, you truly embody what this show is all about. And so what I've discovered in my own life is that the thoughts in our minds are all governing, you know. And so in other words, how we respond to situations, our thoughts, you know, they have the greatest impact, you know, while we are attempting to learn and grow through situations. You know, it's often the self-defeating thoughts that, you know, we focus solely on the negative activating events at times that I believe it's it's always in how, you know, you respond on those experiences, both positive or negative. What would you say to that? Absolutely. It's, it's all about, I mean, it's again, it's, it's what are you saying to yourself? It's I've been in a situation where the, when the market crashed in 2008 and we were living in a 10,000 square foot home, eight bedrooms, five baths, I mean, I used to let people have weddings at my house. I let them have repasses at my house if they needed to. Everybody knows that. People listening from Chicago, they know it. I mean, we did positive things. I had trainings in my home. I did whatever it was because I wanted to be as a community vibration, you know, amongst people that I knew or that someone knew the person. But, you know, for me, it's how you respond to a situation is what determines who, who and what you're going to be. So how you, I remember times when literally we went from having this house and then four years later, I'm in a two bedroom condo because I had to go ahead and come from underneath this house because I had to make a pro and a con. At first I was like, oh, my mother took her last breath there. I don't want to sell it. But the fact of the matter was I could not continue to move on with a $1.5 million house at that time. So it's, Mm -hmm. what do I do with this? Do I take the money that I can go ahead and get out of it, that I've invested and get out of this situation? Or do I sink with the ship? Well, my mother taught me we don't sink with the ship. We get off the ship. We make sure the whole crew is off and then we get off that ship also. And so that's what I, Mm -hmm. that's what I always say to anyone. Don't, you know, it's, it's all about guys right now. This is the time for anyone tuning in that time that you say to yourself, I'm going to be the best I can be. I'm going to do the best I can. When that moment creeps in your head and you feel all awkward and uncomfortable, acknowledge it for what it is. Another thing that we don't do a lot of times is acknowledging a real feeling. If you say, if all of a sudden you get this feeling and you say, I feel terrible, acknowledge it. Acknowledge that you just had that thought. Then take a second to either meditate or pray or write it out, but don't keep going with your day. If, a, if something comes along and go, Oh my God, I feel so whatever address it. Even if you only address it in three minutes, address it, work through it, say a prayer, say, I do that all the time. If something hits me and it feels awkward or a thought, a thought will come into my head. It's like even a word will come out or something. I'm like, wait a minute. I've got to meditate or pray over that. Even if it's a 60 second meditation or pray, like that's another thing. Seizing that moment is everything. It really is seizing the moment. Mm-hmm. When the negativity tries to hit you, Smack it right inside its head, hit it right upside its head and say, no way, get away from me. You can't, you cannot come inside of this head because for me, for me, what I say is get away from me because I'm a child of God and, and, and and homie don't play that. (laughs) (laughs) So Davy, you know, everything is going well, you know, you're sort of on top of the world. And then the day, that day, you know, the day of the cancer diagnosis, talk to us about that day and what it was like, you know, sort of walking through that type of fear because, you know, at that point, you know, it was just you and your son, Miles. Yeah. You know, my son was, <laughs> my son was five years old mm. and I had been going back and forth. We were in Chicago when I first started to feel uncomfortable. I knew something was wrong with me. I didn't know what we were living in Chicago. And then I was planning to move to Los Angeles Maybe months later, I was working as a regional director for Saks Fifth Avenue on a, as a, on a contract basis because, again, I'm an entrepreneur. So I was working for them, doing some great things. And, and I realized I couldn't have a bowel movement. I'm still in Chicago. Then I, because I was set to move to go do some media things in L.A., I moved out to Los Angeles, 2001. 
and moved out to take to do this great position. Did it, started, things were amazing, but I still could not, I was starting to not, it was less and less for me having a bowel movement. So I started eating differently. I started drinking, uh, eating less solid foods. I started doing, I look up and I fast forward, blood starts coming out of me. Now blood's coming out. And now the blood weeks later has a, a very foul odor. I can't have a bowel movement. I'm going to the, I'm going to the hospital regularly, emergency room bids that I've probably been to a hundred of them, 100 of them. I've gone a ton wow. of asking people, help me, help me. I know something's wrong with me. I know something's wrong with me. There's no way there's not. Please help me. And I couldn't. And I fast forward, I go to a hospital and I, I ask, I see this young black doctor and I go, listen, please, young lady. She was a young girl. I'll never forget it. I said, please help me. My son, it was a Sunday because we were trying to go to church, but I wasn't even strong enough to go to church. So my friends didn't come to get me. Because by this time, I couldn't even walk anymore. We're in LA. I couldn't even walk anymore. My son's in kindergarten. And I said, if you send me home today from the hospital today, I'll be dead in two weeks. Blood is coming out of me everywhere. I'm losing weight like water because I'm not eating solid food anymore. I'm sitting there looking like a little skeleton at that point. And she says, I never give people my cell number, but you don't look like you're crazy. I see you're in need. She said, call me tomorrow. And, I'll, and I said, I need an endoscopy and a colonoscopy because by this time I had done all this research, you know, internet was growing and big and everything by that time. So I'm looking to see, and I call her, she gets me set up. And within 72 hours from there, I was diagnosed with December 3rd, 2002, I was diagnosed with rectal cancer and given open only six months to live. Oh, wow. Yeah. They told me that I had six months to live and that I should, you know, find someone to take care of. They asked me about, you know, arrangements for my son and you know, I, what was I going to do and who would I, did I have in my life to care for him? And I just, it was a huge whirlwind. The crazy thing, <laughs> the crazy thing of it is, is that for some reason I continued to hear the American Cancer Society's phone number ring in my head and I called them first. I called them before I called my family. I was petrified. I, I read my patient's rights on the wall and I read that I did not have to interact with the doctor that said that because for me, I said, there's no way that a human being can tell me what, the, what only God can tell me. How does someone stand in front of me and tell me I have six months to live and I'm standing, it's about to be 18 years since I was diagnosed. And this man oh, wow. there, told me that I had a death sentence. Had I not known the creator the way I know the creator and I had fallen for the okie doke. Then, 18 years later. 18 years later, standing here strong. They said, hey, Glory to God. That's all, that's all God. And then they said, you, a year. You'd be lucky if you make it a year. They said, oh, if you make it five years, then you are going to be a miracle. And I'm 18 years. So don't tell me about the creator. That's all. I don't care about the creator. If I, didn't, if, I could, if I couldn't have another personal relationship with anybody but him and that be it, I could go with it. Just let me get that's it. it. Oh, come on now. So That's it. <laughs> a, lot, a lot, you know. A lot of chemotherapy, a lot of radiation, a huge, huge surgery. I'm just mm -hmm. hospitalized for months at a time. Just tremendous just radiation that burned through my skin. I'm a fair skinned woman. My skin was jet black in certain areas, just fingernails dropping off, toenails dropping off. Everything mm -hmm. went on. And then God also swept in and people say, I can't even tell my doctors. Oh my God, it's so amazing. I mean, to this day, I still catheterize to use the bathroom every single day. I share it openly because... I, I, I want to. I want someone to know that if they're experiencing something, it's okay. I have to self-catheterize myself to urinate, to use the bathroom, because it was either that my bladder was damaged when I had my surgery. So they they said, I mean, they tried to give me something to stimulate my bladder. It didn't work out. They tried, they tried, they tried. They said, we can put a catheter in you and you wear a bag on your side, or you can catheterize yourself, self-catheterize yourself every three to five hours, whenever you, you know, you'll know when you have to, which I do. And the one, a nurse said, oh, you'll never be able to do it every day on your own. You're going to have to get the bag on the side. I said, girl, please show me how to do this, what I do, how I make it happen. And that was 18 years later also. I mean, or 18 years ago also. And I've self-catheterized myself with it, um, to, to urinate for the last 18 years. Wow. So, Davi, you know, eventually, you know, you transitioned to L.A., so how did you go from, you know, Davy on the south side of Chicago, you know, to hosting some of Hollywood's biggest, you know, red carpet events and friends with some of Hollywood's, you know, biggest stars and owning your own real estate company uh, in West Hollywood? You know what? I My mother brought me out to California when I was 19 years old. She brought me out here for my 19th birthday. 
And I had a couple friends that had moved here already. They moved here when they turned 18. We were all really close friends when we all turned 18 because we all had birthdays days apart. And they came out and I'm, I asked my mother, said, what do I want to do for my birthday? I said, I want to go to Cali. She said, well, I'll take you. I want to go also. I said, okay, great. When I saw it, I loved it. I knew right then that this is where I wanted to live. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. So really since I was 19, essentially, I've been wanting to live here forever. Started the quest of living here uh, for the first time. It's my third time. And, you know, this is, um, now I've had a base here as well that'll be here for a lifetime. It's be my base. But uh, it's, I just knew that I had to come out, that it was something I wanted to do. So in 2000, that's when we first came out. We came out 2001. I go back in 2002. I just, I got a bug for it. I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. And because I'm an entrepreneur, I instantaneously or instantly connected with where the pulse of everything was going on. One of my greatest friends mm. is a celebrity hairstylist, Larry Sims, that's doing amazing. And Johnny Wright, that, you know, did the first lady forever. And a lot of my other friends that are doing a ton of other things. A lot of us migrated out here and just helped one another, connected, you know, bounce things off of one another on a regular basis. And then just started connecting. I mean, if you're really doing things out here, and your people are doing things, you're going to connect with the crowd. And then I'm a, I'm a host. Right. I'm, a, I'm a red carpet right. host. I'm a celebrity host. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I host mm-hmm. events for the largest events that are going on, the largest, you know, award ceremonies. I mean, that's what I do. So in, when, as soon as I got, that came out as, as a media personality. And the minute I, you know, I've got a big personality. So I let people know this is what I do. And, you know, we need to connect. I don't mind. To, right. people, people feel so uncomfortable saying to somebody, when someone says, are you good at what you do? I'm not going to say I'm, I'm the best in the whole wide world. I'm going to let you know I'm one of the best in the world. Right. That's right. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm the best. Nobody can do it better than me in the world. No, I'm, I'm that's right. I am one of the best in the world. Absolutely. So, David, you know, we're in that segment of the show, you know, that we call hot seat, where we ask a few random hot topic questions. And the first question would be, if you could turn back the time and talk to that 22-year-old self, what would you say to her? Save some more money, sweetheart. When I did, when that money in that real estate industry got real crazy and I started making big money, I was spending way too much money too fast. My mother was trying to tell me, but she was also at that same time going through a lot of health issues. So I was running wild. I was a grown woman, but I was running wild. I would say to myself, mm-hmm. I, just a little bit. Um, I, honestly, I, I had a good life. I, I, yeah. I would, I had a really good life. I, I maybe I would also say to my 22 year old self to consider eating differently in my life. You know, there's a possibility then if I had been introduced to, you know, some of the veganism and some of the other things at a younger age, that might've helped some as well, just as a whole. Like, I don't know, I feel fantastic right now, but just you know, as a whole, because I feel so strongly about not overdoing anything when it comes to meat. I'm not the person that, you know, I still crave a piece of salmon. And when I do, I want to have it. I mean, I, I just, I haven't had red meat or pork in, I didn't, I mean, I hadn't had pork in, I don't remember when, and I haven't had red meat in 18 years. And then I, and I did, was vegan for nine years. I tried to dabble with some meat a bit here and there, but I'm still not able to, you know, so that's one of the things I would say to my 22 year old self. I would say, Watch your money and really focus on exercise and health. Let that be like incorporated in your life for eternity, which is where my mindset is right now. Mm-hmm. So, so what are some things that people seem to misunderstand about Davy? You know what? I have such a big personality that if a person is not completely comfortable with themselves sometime, or maybe not even that, maybe if they just haven't been around a personality like mine, people could think, you know, um, sometimes people, you know, oh, she's cold. I'm everything but that, or, you know, or that I'm all about, you know, making money or business. I'm, I am about that, but I'm about God and and the good things First and foremost, I just know that I can't help myself or others if I'm not financially equipped. So a lot of times people that, you know, a lot of nationalities have, have been, they, no, no one said to them that, you know, you got to get a good job and a good this and all that type of things that's taught about getting, owning businesses and building legacy and things like that. When I talk about building generational wealth, a lot of people that have never heard verbiage like that before are offended by it because they think that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking about money, money, money. When really, if I talk about life insurance to someone, a lot of people say, don't even talk about that to me. That's 
crazy. Well, why? We all need life insurance. Don't you want your family to be set up? You know, and I don't sell life insurance, but I own a life insurance business also. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, I, I just, I have, I did, I've opened that business to empower some other people. I mean, I assist mm-hmm. people when needed in tax-free investments, but people get offended sometimes. So they misunderstand that it's not about being callous or anything. It's about, on the contrary, I hope, you know, hope anything with any, anybody with anything, but I am definitely hyper-focused. Absolutely. So, so what are you most excited about? I'm most excited about finding out how much positivity and how much help I can give to others right now. We're at a real desperate time with this racial disparity. You know, again, I think I said earlier, I don't know if I did or not, but make sure we all get out and vote. You know, I want to make sure that I don't drop the ball in whatever area that God has for me. I'm super excited about real estate. I'm super excited about television. I'm super excited about all of that, of course. I'm most excited about making sure that I, I don't drop the ball with my son and how we make sure that we grow together from this, my family, how I'm able to help others. I want to make sure that I, I'm excited about seeing what God wants to do with Dobby, how God wants my, my greatest thing. Like I, yes, I, I love the business. I really do. I love the media and real estate industry. Both of those things really excite me. And then my philanthropic efforts are solely wrapped around today's youth through my program. Today's you talking, I teach kids how to produce their own radio and television shows. What I'm solely excited about, how do I take this and give back to the community? How do I take this and make sure that when my young people that are in the program are, are feeling alone and scared that they could potentially be gunned down? But how do I make sure that I assure them, educate them and empower them with information and their families about, I want to see what God, what the God wants to do with Dobby. How far can God, all the things like me catheterizing myself, all the things like losing my money, all the things like holding my family in, the, in my arms when they pass, all those things are the ammunition that God has given me. Everybody has their own. This is just mine for me to go out in the trenches and do what he wants me to do right now. I'm excited about seeing how far he wants to stretch me. So Davi, before we go, how can people connect with, with some of the things you're doing either online or through social media? Please everybody follow me. If you go on Facebook, I'm Davi Davenport, Instagram, Davi Davenport, Twitter, Instagram, um, Twitter, Davi Davenport, also check out Dobby Davenport Live. We're always looking for exciting things to do, exciting people to talk to. I can't wait to get Vince on the show. We definitely want to highlight your book and everything that you're doing with your podcast. I think it's incredible. So reach out. You also can go to Dobby Davenport Live at gmail.com. That's Dobby Davenport Live at gmail.com. If you ever have any real estate questions, just a question. It doesn't have to be that you want to buy or sell, just a question that you have. If you want to get in the industry, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm always looking to help people with positions. I'm only opening their own businesses as well. So if you want to open a business and you have some ideas, reach out to me as well. So Davi, thanks once again for joining us today. Um, it has truly uh, been all my pleasure. And even more than that, it's a pleasure calling you friend. So please come back and check on us soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks everyone for staying with us. We certainly hope that you enjoy today's episode. So make sure you join our Facebook group out front with Vince Noble. And don't forget to comment, rate, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcast. Until next time, remember, you still get to write your own story.